Hello and welcome to the next uh, instalment of SciFlix on Tune FM. Um, I'm Marissa Betts. I'm the host of SciFlix. Uh, this is our collaboration between UNE Life, the Belgrave Cinema, and uh, and Tune FM. And this is where we show films with scientific themes at the Belgrave, and we have researchers from UNE come and talk uh, to the scientific aspects of the film. Uh, next week, 28th of July. Uh, on, at 6pm, we've got Jurassic World Dominion with paleontologists Kai Allison and Tim Fraunfelder. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So for the next little bit, we'll talk um, uh, firstly about you guys and your research, and then we'll get into unpacking your thoughts on the film. Um, so, Kai, I'll start with you. Tell me about how you got into paleontology. Why? What? What is so interesting about paleo for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I did my undergraduate degree in biology because I had, like when I got out of high school, I had a lot of interest in biology and science in general. So I chose a broad degree because I really had no idea what I wanted to end up in because I had so many different interests. Um, and when I got to my last year, I really had to start thinking about, like, because I knew I wanted to do postgrad, I knew I wanted to do honours, um, and I was very conflicted between doing sort of uh, conservation biology, um, microbiology, and paleontology. <laughs> uh, so I ended up reaching out to um, a researcher in Melbourne, and he was like, he, he referred me to Nick Campione, and oh. I reached out to him, and it turned out at the time I was doing, um, I went on field work, uh, sorry, no, I did some prep work with the Australian Age of Dinosaurs. And, oh, cool, in Queensland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and on the way back down, uh, I met with Nick Campione, and he just seemed instantly like a perfect fit for an advisor. He was so welcoming, uh, as was the rest of the lab, and I got to know Tim a bit too yeah. <laughs> during those times over Twitter and everything, Yeah. Um, and then we sort of made a project, and I started pretty much the same month that I finished my <laughs> undergraduate degree and in Newcastle I moved here and I started and yeah straight in <laughs> yes yeah, straight into so it <laughs> how did you like you have such broad interests like how did you decide to sort of hit the paleo angle rather than your sort of microbiology side or yeah. um, ecology or what, yeah. what else did you say you're interested in? So many different uh, things. Conservation. Conservation <laughs> biology. Yeah. yeah. Um, I ended I did do some field work in the conservation biology aspect with um, a honest student at the time mm. and I loved it, but it was a little bit, a little bit depressing. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I was sort of between micro and paleo and at the time I did have like, I was just really into paleo and dinosaurs and I was re-watching all the Jurassic uh, Park and world movies and stuff um, and I was just getting really into that childhood passion um, and at the yeah. time there was no real available microbiology um, advisors at Newcastle so I reached out to Nick and mm -hmm. I felt really welcomed by the lab so yeah. I just chose that and I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah totally I could see how paleo is um, a lot less depressing than conservation biology because yes. they're already dead. <laughs> I mean, I've always been interested in animals and living yeah. things, but it makes does make it a bit easier when it's already dead. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about bringing it back to life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no, no handling of, of any live animals of any sort, yeah. which is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim, tell us your story. How did you get into paleo? Uh, I guess I was always into it. Like, as a kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. Uh, I think it, it started with Barney. I oh, think it really? With, yeah, oh, I love so. that. 
the big purple dinosaur. And then I think it just carried on like all through high school. Um, the only thing I was really interested in, the only class I liked was biology. Mm. And then I finished high school, didn't really know what to do. So I applied to do an undergrad here at UNE in paleobiology. And mm-hmm. uh, my second year, I think it was, I went on my first dig mm-hmm. to Lightning Ridge. Oh, fantastic. And found my first dinosaur uh, too. So I've been obsessed ever since. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what did it. Did you study by distance as an undergrad? Did you come up here and... Uh, it was a bit of both. Okay, cool. Yeah. I started on campus and then went off campus and then came back on campus. Because you're from Melbourne, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. And now you're here full-time. Yeah, full-time. Yeah, cool. And so, Tim, what's um, what's your research about now? Because you're doing a PhD. Yep. Tell us about your research project. So, it's on teeth. So, on teeth. dinosaur teeth, yeah. <laughs> so, the first dinosaur fossil I found was a tooth. And, uh, my honest project was on that tooth from oh, Lightning right. Ridge. Mm-hmm. So, on sauropods, the big long-necked dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so working out what they were, and then my PhD is now kind of looking at teeth and how dinosaurs were using them to eat, mm-hmm. um, whether or not they were kind of strong enough to break through bone or branches. Right. And also looking at, so like when we eat, we leave like little traces of, um, scratches and pits on our teeth, no matter what we eat. Yeah. And then looking at that on dinosaur teeth can also tell us. Wow. Little things about what they were eating. So, so what kind of things do you find? What little what do the little scratches tell you? So they can tell you if like the dinosaur might have been chewing. Mm-hmm. So depending on the direction of the Oh, the rather than just like grabbing and yeah. swallowing. Rather than just <laughs> it's actually grinding it, off and it up. Swallowing it. Yeah. So you can tell if it was doing that, mm-hmm. you can tell uh, whether or not the the food they were eating was hard or soft. Uh-huh. Yep. Depending on how like coarse or fine the features are. Um, and you can also uh, tell how high up in the canopy they might have oh, been wow. eating. So, so are you dealing with most just herbivores or, or carnivores uh, as well? Okay, cool. So herbivores and carnivores. Oh, fantastic! And you can same do, use the same kinds of um, information on both. Just the scratches will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So similar type, but just on different places. On yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like I, I love studies like that that really start to um, illustrate. How, what the animals were like as living things, you yes. know, that you can start to think about what it was eating, how it was eating, um, and you put it you put it in a kind of context like that, which is really cool. Does that happen for you? Do, what what happens in your mind when you think about your your dinosaur fossils? So yeah, I like to think like how they were all different. They were all living in the same area. They may have been like similar types of dinosaurs, but feeding at different levels and things. So it's really cool to kind of reconstruct that environment in my head yeah and um i guess for the audience where is your field site and how old uh how old is this stuff so i'm studying dinosaurs from all over australia so uh lightning ridge Mm -hmm. up in winton uh melbourne so kind of all over the place but Mm -hmm. all roughly around a hundred or so million years okay cool yeah awesome okay kai um, jump in and tell us about your research because I know that your project's a bit different to Tim's. Yes. Um, so it's a, it was an honours project? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I started in late June of last year and mm-hmm. I submitted two weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So it took a little longer than expected with COVID and uh, various other setbacks. <laughs> uh, but what my project um, aimed to do is we were seeking to find a universal relationship between 
uh, the circumference of dinosaur limb bones, so specifically the femur and the humerus, um, and center of mass. Uh, so my advisor had found that there was uh, a really strong and universal relationship amongst a variety of extinct and extant tetrapods um, and their limb bone circumferences and mass. Mm. And so I guess our thinking was if there is a relationship between uh, the mass there and um, limb bone circumferences, then there may exist um, a relationship with centre of mass um, and the relative uh, limb bone circumferences. So we got into doing a lot of data collecting. (laughs) So I didn't really get to work with um, fossils like really uh, as much as I guess Tim and a lot of other students did, but it was more, it was a lot of data (laughs) and statistical analysis. Um, But yeah, it involved a lot of data collecting. And then we ended up with, I mean, it was sort of a relatively small sample size of about 40 dinosaurs. I guess for dinosaurs, that's like a lot though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to find, um, we had to find existing dinosaurs that we already knew the femur and and um, humerus circumference for already. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also had to find sort of already uh, available, consistent uh, centre of mass measurements. So that made it, that that shrunk the data set even more. Um, So, yeah, what we tried to do was find a calculation where we could see a relationship between the two. Yes. Um, So it worked out pretty well. Um, We sort of did expect that it would work best in sauropodomorphs, mm-hmm. uh, which it did. And we were able to come out with a calculation for sauropodomorphs yeah. uh, for estimating center of mass. Um, and then with theropods, we really had a tiny sample size of just five of them. Oh. <laughs> and they were quite broad. So we had T-Rex and Velociraptor, which is obviously very differing right, sort of, of body plans. Totally. And then sort of a similar thing with Ornithisians. We had, um, you know, Stegosaurus and Edmontosaurus have very different body plans and mm-hmm. center of masses so uh but we found a really good relationship in sauropodomorphs um likely due to the very similar body plan yeah um, across yeah. the board yeah, with yeah sauropods. yeah so why is it it why do we need to um what's important about center of mass is it about reconstructing them? uh yeah a little bit i mean it's more about if we know the center of mass we can understand very well how the dinosaur walked right. and its gait and um, a lot of evolutionary um, inferences we can make from it. <clears throat> like, for example, in the first Jurassic Park film, um, in one of the first scenes, we have the Brachiosaurus that sort of rears up on its hind legs. But, yeah. But... Uh, we know now that the Brachiosaurus would not really be able oh, to do that. Oh, that's devastating, Kai. <laughs> Don't my, tell me that stuff. Understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something like the Diplodocus um, that has a very further back center yeah. of mass would have been able to, but oh. the Brachiosaurus is very top heavy. It is so, like they're, yes. they've got quite long forelimbs, yeah. haven't they? I mean, I'm not saying there isn't any. There could have been one that was they you know, hopped quite, a you know, quite the gymnast that could have potentially done that, but <laughs> <laughs> generally oh. we don't think so. But yeah, so when we see like animations online of, of di- or in movies of dinosaurs walking in a particular manner and you know we can also infer how fast they ran there's a lot of biomechanical parameters that we can sort of infer when we right. know center of mass and not just mass because mass is one thing but understanding yeah. its stability and yeah locomotion is is a whole other absolutely level. Yeah. and so um do, has your project and learning um about all of this stuff in your project kind of ruined jurassic park in the franchise <laughs> for you um, not really I mean, I do look at, at, at um, you know, the, I mean, the last movie Tim and I have already seen um, and you do look at them and you're like, hmm, did 
did it did it walk like that? Could it run that fast? But like, I mean, you still gotta. I think you have to go into those movies not not always thinking like a scientist, and you have right. to just be able to enjoy that. There's yes. this movie about dinosaurs. You gotta go on the ride. Look, yes, <laughs> that looks beautiful, <laughs> and sometimes you just have to appreciate that and put everything else, all the facts aside, a little bit. Yeah, is that what you think, Tim? Is that your take on that? I know you've um, you've given me very positive reviews of um, the last Jurassic Park. Um, what do you really think? I love it. <laughs> I won't deny it. Yes, I, I love all of them. I know a lot of people don't love some of them, right? Um, but I think it's just it's a great monster movie. Yeah, and I get to see dinosaurs on the big screen. Yeah, so, cool. So you're not like a um, like a dinosaur purist <laughs> no. and get upset when it's like it hasn't got feathers or something when you think it should have feathers. No, absolutely not. No. So I guess in the new one, there are some feathers. Oh, are there? Which is very exciting. That's very cool. So it's nice to see it, but um, I guess they explain why there's no feathers in the the first Jurassic World. Oh, do they? Yeah. So... Which is which is fine. Cool. So um, I wanted to ask because have you? I, I assume you've both seen the entire franchise. Um, how have the, the how has the depiction of the dinosaurs evolved throughout that franchise? Like, have, has it got better? Do you think? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, I think it's gotten better in some aspects, mm-hmm. but then I guess in other spe- aspects, it's kind of speculatory stuff uh, yeah which was still a feature of the very first one yeah um so i would say it's maybe gotten kind of similar okay in, in different aspects because i my um i actually haven't seen the first one and i think i've seen like a bunch of the different movies but probably in the wrong order and i can't remember really what they're all about but i know the very first one very well um and that seemed to be kind of delivering these animals as um, uh, like they, I think they tried to be quite scientifically accurate um, and using the information from paleontologists. And then the franchise got a bit whack with trying to like genetically blend them together and create other crazy dinosaurs. Um, I think that was a good way to, uh, move away from all the specu- like all the, right. the actual what they actually looked like because right. <laughs> so they could just say oh we made this up that's I why <laughs> that's so, why it looks like that so they don't, they don't like upset paleontologists yeah, I think okay. a little bit maybe they didn't maybe they thought they could just get away with not consulting anyone yeah that's true and I mean research is is constantly changing especially about the Spinosaurus which was in I believe the last movie uh, number three I think oh yeah. mm, I see. And so you're you've got an interest in genetics as well, have you? Is that a little bit? <laughs> some, is that a direction that you're going in the future? Um, maybe a little bit, but okay. I did not do well at genetics. Too too okay. Too great undergrad, so <laughs> I would I, w- I would not be the person to consult about about cloning a dinosaur. Oh, I was going <laughs> I was gonna get you to talk about that. Um, that's all right. I guess you're just gonna mix the material together and hope you know you get a cool dinosaur. Is that the idea? <laughs> I think so, yeah. You just blend a bunch of different animals together and hope you get a cool dinosaur as a result. So the ones in this one, are are these all results of cloning or are they like real deal species from the fossil record? Uh, So in the new one, there's no hybrids. Okay. So there's no genetically engineered. What happened to them? Uh, I think they just didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they all died. (laughs) I think in the first one, Indominus died. In the second one, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but oh, I remember that one. (laughs) So, 
Maybe the only two in existence died. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all of the new different species in this film. Um, I wanted to get your both of your takes on um, the influence the franchise has had on not just you as paleontologists and scientists, but perhaps like the generation um, because uh, it came out, the first one came out in 93 and um, – I was, I'm old enough to have seen it at the cinema. Um, I was little, but I do remember it making a huge impact. And it was a big change, you know, the way that dinosaurs were, were perceived by the public um, rather than these sort of picture book lumbering beasts to fearsome, living, breathing kinds of creatures. And it changed everyone's idea about them and it made a whole bunch of people want to be paleontologists. Um, with you guys, like I imagine you've grown up with Jurassic Park being a thing like your whole lives. Like how, how has it influenced you? Um, uh, yeah, so I guess growing up with it having already changed, I guess, how dinosaurs mm. are seen. So yeah. I grew up with them being, you know, smart animals yeah. that could work together and, um, you know, run in packs or, or things like that. So I guess growing up with that has always made me kind of really interested in like understanding like why do we know that yeah and, and how do we know that and where do we find them and things like that so uh-huh. I think it's it's definitely influenced my career when what's your first memory of Jurassic Park the franchise I think the very first one that I saw was number three wow. actually with the Spinosaurus okay so and I think that's kind of one of my all-time favorite ones awesome and, and I love the Spinosaurus and I know that the Spinosaurus is a, is a big topic sometimes. Um, when papers... People love arguing about Spinosaurus. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like a favourite thing to get upset about. Yes, every time a new paper <laughs> comes out, yes. Twitter blows up and everyone's, you know, making memes and, and, <laughs> and having discussions and it's, it's really fun. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Kai? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I'm 22, I didn't actually see the first Jurassic Park film until, like, I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't, like, I knew, definitely knew people who grew up with it as a kid, but I think just in general, it ge- generally changed um, people's opinion on, on dinosaurs and their interest in paleontology and, what you know, wow, mm-hmm. people actually do this. It's not, <laughs> it's not just, you know, the movies. Um, but i got to be honest, I do, I do get people who say, oh, you're studying paleontology, like, like, like Indiana Jones. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or like Ross from Friends, uh, but like you know, you get that stuff. Um, but I think it's just it's been a great way of, of uh, getting people to sort of understand science a bit more. And I mean, I've always I've always known since I was a child I wanted to be a scientist. But you know, in different <laughs> obviously different fields. <laughs> yeah, I've um, yeah I've definitely always had like you know an interest in it, and always loved dinosaurs from a kid. It just wasn't necessarily, I think, Jurassic Park that. Uh, inspired me it was right more, I'm sure that Jurassic Park would have you know definitely inspired the boom in you know dinosaur toys and yeah. <laughs> uh, everything for for children um but no I, I I loved them from when I was a kid but I didn't actually see the movie until oh that's I was really a, cool I was to a hear. bit older yeah yeah that's really interesting because I think that I think people of paleontologists of my generation 
are paleontologists because they saw Jurassic Park yeah, the movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely think it still would have had an influence yeah. on, on a lot of us, like, and, and generally, but it just wasn't the thing that I guess, I guess Tim didn't see it till he was older yeah. too. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, the, the one thing that was like, oh, I definitely want to be a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> but perhaps as well, because of Jurassic Park, it was kind of like um, just a thing in the zeitgeist and they were, like Tim said, just super exciting creatures. And so that kind of just permeated your understanding of science and paleo and excited you like that yeah and i guess from like the movies coming out i guess more paleontologists got into it so there was more research coming out yeah. and our views of dinosaurs was just constantly changing yeah it's still constantly changing yeah it's yeah it's a evolving cool... all the time i love that i love that about our field um but and i also wanted to just um highlight something that you said that i thought was really important kai which was that paleontology or jurassic park movies uh they're really important vehicles for getting people just excited about science. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And um, that seems to be what's happened in your case, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think from a child too, like you watch these movies like, um, you know, Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and, you know, all these movies that may have, you know, some sort of relation to science. Jaws, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nemo, you know, things yeah. like this. And I think it gets... <laughs> It gets kids interested in science, which I think is really, really important yeah. to get that that spark going as a child. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think like every scientist would have, you know, um, been interested in, you know, had 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 at least something or some film or something along the lines that would have inspired them in, in um, you know, the media. Got the spark yeah. going. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I guess to finish up, tell us what you're off to do in the future. Yeah. What's happening after so the honours? I've just submitted my honours. <laughs> Um, I'm taking a break before I start my PhD, hopefully next year. Uh, but I'm actually making a little move into to microbiology. Wow. <laughs> uh, which was, I mean, I, I really, I absolutely love the team. I love my um, peers here at UNE. Mm. I love the paleontologists. Uh, but I just figured that, like, as much as I loved it, and I don't regret doing my honours here at all, I, I loved everything about it. Um, and I, my advisor was incredible, but I am going to make a switch over to microbiology uh, just because that's a little... Another another passion of something you're, else you're excited about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to sort of do something a little bit more of medical significance. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I did my undergrad in biology and focus a lot on biotechnology wow. and microbiology, and I think I just still have a bit of a passion for that. And I really, I'm always going to love dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> and awesome. I'm always going to have these connections, but. Um, yeah, I sort of reached out to someone in Newcastle, um, my uh, old uni that I did my undergrad at, um, and we're going to work on finding um, bacteriophage, which are um, viruses that only infect bacteria. Oh. Um, so they're really <laughs> interesting little uh, fellows. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but we're going to find them to specifically target um, what are known as escape pathogens, so uh, pathogens that are major threats to hospitals. So things yep. like golden staff um, oh. is like a big one in hospitals. And mm. um, I think, you know, there's obviously an issue that, I mean, a lot of people are aware of with antibiotic resistance because we're overprescribing these really broad-spectrum antibiotics. Um and antibiotic resistance is only going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Antibiotics just aren't as effective anymore. So we're just sort of looking into the University of Newcastle is looking into new ways to sort of yeah. target this um, so we can save lives. I yeah, guess. <laughs> that sounds like um, a very important and useful yes. um piece of research yeah so, no, i'm really i'm really excited to get that i, I was gonna but i'm gonna miss dinosaurs oh yeah well i was gonna ask <laughs> yes. you whether there was scope to maybe 
blend, blend paleontology <laughs> and the microbiology. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think about that? I, I actually did. I, I saw someone on Twitter that was a, a paleo-virologist. And I was like, oh, oh paleontology wow. and virology. That's really interesting. But it did involve – it sort of involved, like, looking at how old viruses are and how they oh. affected our genetics. But I'm – really not too good at genetics wow. uh, but I think yeah there's so many different blends of science that yep. you don't really think about um, and I didn't even realize when I came into paleontology I was like oh no I did my undergrad in biology like am I yeah. gonna be okay for this but I realized there's so many areas there's like ecology there's evolution there's biomechanics which is what I did there's yeah just so many different areas ge- more geology aspects and mathematical and physics and I yeah, don't think you realize everything <laughs> yeah. until you start doing science how many how broad it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> which just makes it harder to sort of focus on yes, one thing when you true. have so many so many interests that's right it's, and it kind of just difficult. depends on who you're chatting to yeah, you know exactly. and you're like oh let's do this together yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool and what about you tim what's happening for the rest of the phd project and beyond i don't know what's happening beyond so, yes the world is my oyster. That's right. But I think I'll definitely continue with, yep. with paleo. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm too obsessed with dinosaurs. <laughs> Absolutely. To, to be interested in anything else. Stay strong. When do you finish your PhD? Uh, next year. Wow, yeah. it's coming up. Early next year. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah, well, you still got a little while um, before you have to make a big decision. Yes, lots of writing to do. Yeah. But... Is there any um, anywhere in the world you'd like to end up afterwards, you know? I don't know. Like, I'd like to stay in Australia. I mm-hmm. think Australian paleontology is really exciting. Uh, lots and lots is always happening yep. here now. Um, but I also think Canada is probably another yeah. big one because yep. I just love Canada. They have lots of dinosaurs there. Yeah, <laughs> loads of dinosaurs. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Um, I'll thank Tim and Kai for chatting today on the radio on Tune FM and we'll see you guys next week for the movie. Cool. Thanks for having us. Excited to see you all next week. See you next week. Thank you, Marissa. <laughs>